Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, you want to drive biz? I got this idea. I'm a big fan of the way you cook your burgers, but what about chicken? So why not do a flame-grilled burger chicken? Burger chicken? How about we call it the new flame-grilled chicken burger from Burger King? A savory flame-grilled chicken patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new flame-grilled chicken burger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Blog Talk Radio. Espresso Radio, and excited for our first show of 2016, and we're starting it off just like we ended it uh, with our guest in our new series, uh, where our guest is Coop. So hello, Coop, and Happy New Year to you. Hello, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I'm glad uh, we didn't do this yesterday. It was a little rough getting back into the swing of things after some time off. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And and I wonder, you know, it it always takes a couple of weeks still uh, typing and and writing 2015, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, and when do you stop asking or when do you stop telling people or saying Happy New Year to people? That's always my my question. You know, is it the end of January? Do you have a week of Happy New Year? (laughs) Do you have that answer? That would be awesome. Now, you know, that's that's a good question, or, or at least I, I, I'm going to say, is it 15 days or is it 30 days? Because, you know, by 30 days, <laughs> right. you know whether it's going to be a good new year or not. No, <laughs> maybe that's a cut off. <laughs> right. But nonetheless, nonetheless, no, it's going to be a great year. We had a great 2015. Um, I just want to welcome back our listeners. Uh, we're starting with a full switchboard and um excited awesome. about that. Yeah, you know, it, it was a, it's a hot topic. As soon as we hung up, our last show last year, I think it was around the December 22nd, and our show, as soon as we hung up, the emails started coming in. So listeners were, were marinating and, and, and listening to us uh, banter back and forth um, and I think pulling their, their questions together. So some of them send it to us via email, uh, and some of them uh, agree that they're going to join us on today's call, so I'm excited about that as well. And uh, uh, thanks to the help of uh, Javon Grant, uh, she's helping to man the switchboard. So those who have called in, uh, you'll hear from Javon, and she'll check in on you and see if you uh, have your your question and queued up, and uh, she'll make sure that you get um, to Coop and I to ask your questions on the air. So want to welcome those. I know some people are listening on their computers. Um, it's a great, convenient way. You can do it at your, your desk since for a lot of you this is your lunch hour. Um, if you are uh, at your computer or if you're on the phone, if you're on the phone you can press 1, and that lets us know that uh, you're ready to, to speak with us and, and have something you either want to share or ask. 
And if you're at your computer, you can tweet with us. We're going to be on Twitter and um, looking for our hashtag, which is biz, B-I-Z, tech, live chat. So it's biz, tech, live chat. And um, also our secondary I would all, is um, ask an analyst. So both Coop and I, as you all know, are deep in the business analyst world uh, and have been in it for some time. And uh, Coop, who's the president of B2T Training, which has been uh, has uh, I think the number is well over seventeen thousand business analysts have been trained through B2T training. So we've got a, a lot of insight perspective um, in that arena. And I also want to give a shout-out. Uh, one of the people that I, I, I see on the phone that has joined us is Felicia Phillips, and she works with people. She's a business consultant. So that's kind of a another uh, side of business uh, analysis to some extent, her dealing with uh, entrepreneurs and uh, specifically the Pink Entrepreneur Network. So she has some insight and, and is going to uh, spend some time with us today. I know she's a, a busy lady, so she might not be on the whole show, but some people may have some questions, and Felicia is uh, here to talk with us and to share with us some of the support opportunities for Pink Entrepreneurs um, and, and those uh, interested, whether you're in corporate and thinking about going into that entrepreneur space or vice versa, you're in the entrepreneur space and want to come back over here in corporate, Coop and I can share some insights about that. So we've got our bases covered, and uh, also Felicia and I will I'll take a little bit of time to talk about another series that we are starting just for um, entrepreneurs. So all of that, uh, just a, a setup for today's show. But you know, our topic, the hot topic, I think it goes along with it being a new year. And that is, you know, people start looking at where they are in their career, in their position, in their companies. Um, some people uh, may be in transition, uh, uh, assignment or uh, even a role at their organization may be coming to an end. And so, you know, New Year's, you know, it's about resolutions, but it's also about transitions and, and just setting out what's next. So that's that's our theme of our show. And so we welcome calls and questions around um, if you if you have questions around what's next uh, as far as career paths and, and what opportunities there are in IT. Uh, and, again, we can talk a lot about the business analyst role, which also, uh, you know, is cousin to the project management role and just all, all the other roles that are in the software development life cycle. But certainly we have a lot to share there. So that, that's kind of, uh, that was kind of my opening comments. And, and Coop didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to share based on either, either you know, follow-up or how we ended our, our last conversation and then leading into this one. Uh, I, I just, you know, I'm excited when we started talking about this particular show around career and saying you sent me some of of the emails that came in and the questions. I just, I'm excited about the questions and ready to get started and hopefully um, shed some light and give our insight into to these topics that people want to hear about. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm gonna. I, I see we don't have um, any of our uh, our some of our callers. They're they're queued up, and um, I know Javon is gonna touch base with them. And in the meantime, why don't we just lay some of the the general foundation uh, around the the conversation? Because even in my experience, Coop, I'll, I'll say that um, a lot of people. Whether you come in IT from both the the business track or if you come in from um, the IT track and maybe more the technical, I've seen people from whether it's help desk or even coders or testers, um, after a while when they're looking for something new, um, business analysis, uh, there's questions around business analysis. So why don't you start us, you know, especially the people that may not have all the, the, the context of business analysis, is there's kind of two routes into to business a- analysis from my experience. And just share what your thoughts are. Yeah, so, so the route, you know, and I took a, like a subject matter expert route into the, into the role. So I think that's one of them. Um, I was, for those of you that don't know, I was, you know, I grew up as uh, an accountant um, because my dad thought everybody needs an accountant. I should get an accounting degree. So um, I was an accountant and got uh, put on teams with, you know, the IT shops around financial software applications. So I became, I was their subject matter expert. I was a super user of some of the systems and really enjoyed, um, Playing those roles on on, uh, on software development team, um, and then as a position pop as a reporting analyst and business analyst, I I jumped on that, and that's how I got into the BA role. I started off, I stayed on financial software applications for a little while, but then as my BA skills grew and expanded, I was able to apply that to many different uh, industries and uh, projects and initiatives. So. Um, that was my route, I, and I think other people come from the more that they're already on these project teams, um, and either as a QA analyst, maybe as a project manager, maybe as a developer, and determine that, you know what, the um, the analyst side or the, the problem-solving side or the communication side of the business analysis role is really intriguing to them. So, um they left uh, the testing world or the development world and decided to stick to the, the BA space. But they have a lot of system software background um, to help them. That that kind of helps them get into that space that they then need to build on the, the business side, the subject matter expert side a little more. Exactly. And and, and that's the, the whole thing. It's It's kind of a balancing act that if you come in from the the technical side then you have to develop and grow into your analytical side and and you know some of the things we talk about those soft skills the critical thinking uh, maybe even the 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 presentation piece um if you come in from the business side um and this is something uh, kind of a, a related question and we'd love to get your your thoughts on this is that coming in as a business analyst um you have to you know coming from the business side if you've already worked in that space you kind of know the role of a subject matter expert or we shorten it to SME S M E um but some people just coming in as a subject matter expert you know there still are 
those skill sets uh, around um, being an analyst uh, that you have to develop. And then you have to also um, make sure that you just don't rest on what you know about the business. There's also understanding and appreciation of the, the technical side. So just want to see your, right. your thoughts on the, the subject matter expert coming over to, to the, the business analyst role. Yeah, I mean, this gets talked about a lot um, around being a subject matter expert and playing the business analyst role. People have to realize that the the day you leave the business as that subject matter expert, your SMEness starts to decline. So your your subject matter expertise is declining. Um, so you you can't fall into the trap of making assumptions that you know the business well. Um, you were just there, so you don't have to ask questions or you don't have to dig deeper. You don't have to get curious um, and work with other people um, to really understand what's happening in the business because you're like, well, I'm, I'm a subject matter expert, so uh, I know it. Um, well, that so you have to lose that attitude um, and know that your SMEness is declining every day that you're not in the business anymore and make sure you're asking what you might think is a silly question because you know the answer but you can't make an assumption that you know the answer. Um, and on the flip side, I think the, the people that come from the technical side, the more solution side of the house, um, you can't jump to a solution too quick, right? I mean, in, that, in our industry, that happens all the time. People are coming to solution teams with a solution in hand and asking that to be implemented. Um, and I think... Uh, people that come from the technical or the solution side are excited now. Like, oh, yeah, we can do that, and here's how we're going to do it, and let's get into it, uh, where you have to take that step back and, and ask questions and make sure you're understanding what problem you're trying to solve before you're, or what opportunity you're going after before you just jump in and start creating some solution. And I think that you know, people fall into that trap day in, day out. Absolutely. Great points, great points. So I, I want to share with and, and tell our audience, again, this is Coop of V2T Training, and you know my voice, Jacqueline, of both V2T Training and also your host of Technology Expresso along with David Blackman. And we're talking today, it's Ask an Analyst, and it's all about um, asking, a, a, you know, if you have thoughts about whether you want to change career paths, um, you want to come into the business analyst role, so to speak, um, if you're looking at transitioning. You know, one of the things that we also queued up to talk about, too, is if you are a seasoned business analyst, where do you go from here? Um, that That's one of the, the questions. And then, you know, the other thing, and, and I want to say a special hello to uh, and, and give Felicia a chance to just to uh, chime in a little bit, too, from her perspective, because Felicia and I uh, have previously been talking about, you know, a lot of people also start to look at um, is corporate America for them, or they're, they're just in a stage of their career where they're looking uh, to leave corporate America. So let me say a, a quick hello. I'm going to patch in uh, Felicia Coop just real quick, because I know she doesn't have a lot of time with us today, but Felicia, how are you today? Happy New Year. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I have 
two great people on the phone. I have uh, Coop that uh, I know very well. Uh, we do the the corporate training and business analyst, and Felicia on the other side. You know, we Coop. You know, Felicia and I have very in depth conversations too. She deals with a lot of people that. Um, either think about leaving corporate America, you know, sticking their toe out there and or um, coming back into corporate America. And some of the things that we talked about, and, and Coop, I think you, we have a quote of yours from our last show, that a lot of what business analysts do, whether it's looking at what a client's needs are, stakeholder analysis, identifying their requirements and problem solving, that's what you do when you go into the business world. So I dare say I think that there's a great, you know, connection between the business analyst role actually is a great on-the-job training experience, even if you were considering going in into business. And and Felicia, again, Absolutely. you deal with a, a lot of people. Coop, go ahead. No, well, first I was going to say it sounds like you're cheating on me, Jacqueline. I didn't realize you were having these <laughs> I'm too conversations timey, right? with other people. But that's right. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I will add, and I'll let Felicia. Um, chime in. Um, but, you know, my path, right? I mean, I was a corporate VA for, for many, many years. And now with B2T training, we're a small business. I'm the president of that organization. So I'm responsible for running the the organization. And I'm using my business analysis skills every day. So I'm not a business analyst um, in corporate America doing projects like um, a lot of people with the title BA are, but every day I'm using my BA skills to improve our business, To even in the, the sales conversations we're having, to really understand what challenges our clients are having so that we can serve up good solutions. So these things are totally transferable. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so Felicia, welcome and, and <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited when I'm on the show with you. And, yes, we do talk a lot um, in regards to people <laughs> transitioning from, you know, employee to employer. And being a business analyst is a great position to be in if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur because of your skill set that you already possess um, as far as the analytical. Because what happens for a lot of people when they think about entrepreneurship, they have these great dreams and big visions but they lack the skills to develop the step-by-step plan, uh, which is one of the reasons uh, as a business coach for 24 years um, it's very important to have one in your life if you don't possess those analytical skills to be able to look at your strengths and weaknesses, to be able to identify the opportunities that may be lying before you. Absolutely, absolutely. And and so there there's a lot of synergy and a lot of the same language. And so, you know, we've been inviting people to listen to the, the show with, with Coop and I, and I want the, to encourage them. And you know when we did the uh, Pink Tech Summit, it was so important that I wanted to bring both people that were from the corporate side with people who were on the entrepreneur side because we have more in common in, in solving problems and, and getting, you know, the requirements and the stakeholders' needs right is something that both sides, uh, whether it's at a small level or it's a, a huge corporate solution you're trying to come up with, we have the, the same common challenges. So I think that these, these dialogues together are so important, um, and there, there's so much to, to, to uh, share and trade. 
Um, so as well as there, we also have a specialized uh, program that we're going to do for uh, Pinkpreneurs, and, and Felicia will be the, the co-host on that, and that will be starting here in January. So I just want to talk, say to you know our audience to that are thinking about that entrepreneur track, um, you don't have to be pink to listen to the Pinkpreneur uh, show, but look for that the, the uh, our first show and our launch of that, and, and we'll have more of Felicia, um, also known as the Pink Mogul, if you want to follow her on Twitter. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I've got the pink logo on one side, I've got Coop on the other. <laughs> All right. i got to come up with a color. Yeah, because pink does not go with my skin tone. But, Jacqueline, <laughs> can, I, um, can I add, because something, Felicia, something you said really um, resonated with me around that. You know, the big ideas of some entrepreneurs, but they have to kind of then come up with a plan, right? I mean, it's not good enough to have ideas. And I think that... There's something that I've been talking a lot about lately is the concept of divergent thinking and then convergent thinking, um, and that's what you're hitting on. Like, in, in our space, I think a lot of analysts aren't doing enough of the divergent thinking. So people that mm-hmm. are playing this role, I think, have to be more entrepreneurial in what are our options out there? What can we do? How can we attack this? Um, and be more divergent thinking and coming up with ideas or being part of that conversation up front. But then also, um, and where good tactical analytical thinkers are, okay, now that we have this idea, how do we get it to the finish line and what are all the parts Absolutely. and pieces and how do we move? So um, I think maybe some entrepreneurs need some of that analytical, but I think the people that are in the analyst role also need to focus and see how entrepreneurs act too and be more entrepreneurial and coming up with um, the upfront stuff. So that's great. I, I totally agree with you, Coop, because there are opportunities on both sides in regards to um, I see a lot of people coming out of the technology industry like yourself who are looking to create businesses which create jobs which help our economy. Uh, the thing mm-hmm. about it is how do we get – the first thing, you know, people want to know is how do we get contracts? You know, how do we stay afloat? How do we stay in the green, basically, or in the black? Um, and when you bring both sides together, like you said, uh, I think if we start to do that more or at least provide the platforms that bring the two together, we'll start to see more things happen in that arena. Um, I think it's just that – nobody has actively put a platform in place that says, okay, you know, we like the visionary aspect of the the entrepreneur or the ideas, but what they may be lacking or need is the support of what the business analyst brings to the table. Absolutely. You know what, I feel, you know, I just just see – Coop and and Felicia on a stage together, and I just see <laughs> a knockout <laughs> opportunity for people to to see both sides of that because you 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 you're absolutely right. And Coop, you you hit on it as well. Organizations are looking for people that can inside the organization still have the the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, we call them intrapreneurs. Actually, you you may be mm-hmm. inside the company, mm-hmm. but they want they yeah. need you to think and and really push the envelope, have that breakthrough thinking, design thinking, you know, all those different um, avenues. It's just not organizations aren't going to be, because we're in the age of innovation. In order to innovate, you just can't have that cookie-cutter thinking that you're just looking for uh, just to just follow 
someone else's footsteps. You've got to go off the beaten path and, you know, to be a trailblazer, both internal and external. So I'm really excited about that. And I think some of our other callers are excited (laughs) about that, too, because I'm seeing some uh, people jumping in the the, the queue, and uh, I'm I'm excited. And I just want to just kind of give them that teaser. Thank you, Felicia, for joining us today. You're going to hear a lot more from Felicia who is the pink mogul, and follow her. Uh, she also does some great periscopes. Felicia, if, if you want to give a, a couple of uh, ways that they can connect with you until uh, our show together, um, share that sure. with our audience. Sure. So you can follow me on all social media platforms, uh, the pink mogul. Um, I'm on Periscope every night at 11 p.m. And look for us. We'll, we will be doing our pink tech the Pink Tech Summit again this year, September 30th. So look out for more information on that. And thank you again, Jacqueline, for allowing me to be on the show with you today. Coop, I enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. So you know what? I'm going to just go down the line because we've got got some other people who want to talk to you, Coop, and (laughs) <laughs> and uh, one is a familiar voice. Mr. Blackman, are you there? Hello, 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 Jacqueline. Hello, Coop. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely, David. Yes, uh, one of the things that you mentioned here uh, was about the business analysis skill set, and even Felicia alluded to that uh, with entrepreneurs. Uh, that those skill sets really resonate with my listening audience, uh, the project management audience as well. And I always stress the importance of being able to combine uh, those skill sets, those business analysis skill sets, with their project management skill sets, especially when working in an agile type environment where the uh, employers are looking for not necessarily. Um, uh, an agile framework that they that they're trying to employ, but more or less an agile mindset that's really really right. important, and the and the communication and the and the knowledge and and the language as well of business analysis around uh, holding scrum sessions and and looking at the project in sprints as opposed to phases. Can you speak to the importance of being able to switch back and forth between business analysis and project management and how closely uh, involved those two roles are, please? Yeah, well, I think, you know, this this brings me, uh, I was going to ask Jacqueline if I could step back and talk about more about entrepreneurship with BAs, but, but it applies to, to PMs and everybody on the team. And I think, you know, your question, David, um, brings to mind my thoughts about business analysis in general. Um, I, last year at one of the big BA conferences, BBC, uh, which is IIBA's big um, flagship conference, um, I made a statement on a panel saying that in five years the title business analyst will be gone. Um, and, and the reason I said that is because I think everybody on the team, everybody in an organization needs to be a BA or have a BA mindset. Um, and that mindset is, is all about making sure that you're focusing on the right initiative and focusing on the right problem, the right opportunity, and then breaking things down into chunks that people can act upon and and 
solve that problem or address that opportunity and take advantage of that opportunity. So um, I think whether you're a PM, QA analyst, uh, whatever your title is in an organization, you have to be thinking like a BA all the time. And, and to that point, I think everybody should be thinking as an entrepreneur. I mean, one thing that entrepreneurs have, so if you're starting a business, you always have in the back of your mind, unless you're, you know, Richard Branson now who has, you know, money coming out of the wazoo, but most people don't, right? Most entrepreneurs and people that are running small businesses don't have all this money laying around. So they're always thinking about uh, what, what will give us, for my time today, what's going to give us the biggest bang for the buck? What's going to make the most sense? And entrepreneurs are constantly thinking about that, and they're spending money and time on things that they believe are going to add value to their business and to their clients, et cetera. So, and I think that's what people in on project teams, whether you're a PM or a BA or QA analyst or a developer, you have to think like that. And I think too many people don't. They're like, hey, I get paid a salary, and, you know, I'm doing my job, I'm doing stuff, and, it, you know, there's this process that we're supposed to follow, so I'm going to pro- follow that process, um, rather than thinking about, okay, what's going to add the most value today to my team, to my project, to whatever you're working on? Um, and I think if people have that attitude, then, you know, Felicia talked about small companies um, creating jobs and adding to the economy. I think the same thing will happen in organizations. If people are doing a better job with their time in organizations, then those organizations can spend more time on things that are going to help their company and help their clients, which will then create more jobs and uh, create better things for, for us and innovate like Jacqueline was talking about. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. I kind of did a little politician thing on you where I wanted to weave in my my points about entrepreneurship, but I think it all kind of flows together. And, and you know, I, I even want to take it a little bit further, Coop, because uh, you're, I think you're right on point. And what I'm hearing, the theme is, is that people need to think about diversifying. <laughs> you know, you diversify your yeah. portfolio. You've got to diversify yeah. your skill set and not just think black and white of BA and PM because, you know, even even myself, because, you know, I kind of have, um, you know, I cross-pollinated even when it came to my certifications between project management, business analysis, and, and the Six Sigma Black Belt, the Scrum Master. And even though I don't usually pursue PM roles, my role is business analysis, it helps me better understand what I need to do to support my project manager. So you can, you know, those those um, skill sets, even though they, they may be secondary, not primary, what you're doing, it gives you a different perspective. It gives you more longevity. It makes you, you know, you have more marketable skills. It yeah, makes you more, more attractive, valuable. and it differentiates mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. So yeah, that, that, there's you know, one of the questions. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you no I was going to say one of the questions. <laughs> one of the questions that um, you had emailed me earlier was about um, being brought in um, as it was a BA role, but then they were asked to do PM work and testing work, I think, and they were looking for a role that could, where they could just focus on their BA skills and grow. Um, so all this depends on what your um, aspirations are, your personal aspirations are, but I, I see more and more 
organizations going to, which I believe is a better model around teaming and having people that can do more than one thing. Um, and especially in the BA space, like, there's an argument out there. People say, well, if you were going to, um, if you had to have brain surgery, are you going to go to your family doctor, your primary care physician, or are you going to go to a brain surgeon? Well, I mean, the answer is obvious. Um, that I'm going to go to a brain surgeon. And they try to use that for business analysis. So if you need business analysis work done, are you going to go to a BA or are you going to go to a generalist? And I think there are some initiatives that really need that brain surgeon type BA, but a lot of things that we work on day in, day out, don't need a brain surgeon. They they need capable people, and that work might even be, you know, Band across two or three people. It doesn't all have to fall on one person's lap all the time. So, um, and I think more teams are going that way. So you have to, um, if you want to be, especially in the software space, if you want to be on a software team, it's going to be hard just to focus on one thing and be valuable. Um, because teams have to, teams are going to kind of ebb and flow and you have to step into different roles at different times when you have that skill set. Absolutely, and, and one of the things my my experience in, in many years of experience in IT is that you know because that analogy back to the brain surgery, you know in general every brain is created you know pretty much the, the, the same, and so the doctors study that you know with a brain, but with software and software projects, every project, every company even every implementation and how they interpret even the different methodologies. You could be using the same methodology, but they all do them oh, yeah. differently. So it, it takes those, you know, different experiences, and that's what I draw upon, you know, at, at this time in my career. I have all these different experiences, and I draw back on all of those to say, okay, well, how should we approach this? Or I've seen a problem similar to it but not exactly like this, what tools should I use, you know, that type of thing. So IT, you know, right. really takes, and that goes back to that critical thinking, you've got to assess the whole situation, but it's ever-changing. And and a lot of people, myself, I think yourself, we love that. We thrive on it. That's why we, we love IT. So you've got to come into IT knowing that it's just, I, I keep going using that, that term, cookie cutter. It's not cookie cutter. It's not an assembly line. Just because this worked perfectly right. on this project, it may not on the other. So that's where um, – this is an interesting uh, article that I, I was reading just the other night because on that topic of should BAs be considered, you know, subject matter experts or uh, be the, the resident subject matter expert on a project. And it was saying that getting away from there being one single person that's supposed to be this expert but more of a community taking a community of intelligence is what they call it because right. it takes, you know, collectively. And that's why I fall back on the business analyst is that facilitator, but they've got, yeah. the, you know, part of it is knowing, okay, i got to pull from this person. I need this group over here. I need that group over there, you know, and I'm getting different perspectives for to solve today's types of uh, problems. A absolutely. And, I, you know, I'd like to use the term lenses, but, yeah, perspectives, lenses, you have to make sure on your teams, and I think a lot of teams struggle with this, and especially I think in the Agile world, um, you have to be really careful because 
you know, there's the concept of a product owner, and that's the the person the team is working with to get their input. But and that's fine, but you have to validate um, that that product owner has all these different lenses coming into their viewpoints and the decisions that they're making. Um, so it's okay to have a representative as the product owner, but um, as a team member, do you know uh, you can trust that person, but you have to validate that they're getting these lenses somehow or these perspectives somehow, and that that's so important. Absolutely. So I'm I'm hearing, you know, that 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 diversity. David, you had the question, so <laughs> I think I think Coop and I we were on a roll there. But but yeah, did, yeah. did we hit your <laughs> did we hit your question? And do you have a follow up? Yes, yes, absolutely. You hit all the points I was uh, referring to, and uh, we at Technology Expresso we consistently have to pivot and use all of our skill sets because uh, that's how we have been successful because we were entrepreneurs in developing this platform and, and creating this right. platform. And Jacqueline and I, we we called on her business analysis skill sets. We called on my project management skill sets. We called on my technical skill sets because I came from the technical side as a wide area network engineer and I parlayed into project management. I rescued myself there. And uh, personally, I think the project, project management is the best, one of the uh, toughest jobs in the world because we consistently, and I, I may be a little narcissistic here, but we consistently have to manage one of the hardest <laughs> elements, one of the hardest elements. And I, I use, I, I make a reference to the periodic table called, and I call it HE, the human element. We consistently have to manage um, um, personalities and psychologies um, in, in managing the different types of resource teams as well as uh, um, our teams, our, our client base as well. So we consistently have to manage a lot of personality. So I think that's a really um, uh, tough, and uh, um, but it's also what's made us so successful with uh, Technology Expresso and the ability to uh, use all those different techniques in uh, creating this platform. So it's yeah, more of a statement, not a question. No, no, and I think, you know, Jacqueline, you said earlier that PM and business analysis, they're like cousins. Um, and that, that's one of the reasons, right, because people that play in the BA space, in the PM space, the, the, the largest group or thing they're dealing with is, is people. They're trying to help people. Um, so, and dealing with people day in, day out. So, and when you're dealing with people, attitudes change day to day, um, personalities change. So um, some people have split personalities, right? You never know. <laughs> um, so you have a lot to you have a lot to deal with. And uh, and to me, it's that's the most exciting part of the job and the most challenging. So. Absolutely, and you know that that's I think is is funny. People that I really see that thrive and are passionate around business analysis and or, or, or project management in, in this whole IT space, it's kind of the toughest part of our job is also, you know, if we didn't have it, we probably would be bored <laughs> on any right, other type exactly. of role. But it's like, it, you know, having the constant change and the challenge and, and, and solving problems and, and things being, you know, thrown at us and every day just kind of having a, a little bit of a different configuration and, you know, you you having to 
to work and, and you know, massage the situation and just use different tool sets. Uh, you know, on the one hand, sometimes you come home exhausted, but yep. hopefully you get a good night's sleep and you're ready to do it all over again. Do it again. And then throw Agile <laughs> into it, you know, and every day is even even more dynamic, so to speak. And I and I and I was just saying that to say that I just think that for some that is really um, you know you 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 thrive off of that you know it's it's somewhat right. of a uh, for us uh, that's where our adrenaline <laughs> we get our adrenaline from is is from that and something too cookie cutter would not suit you know our personalities even though sometimes we always call for we wish you know things would slow sometimes, down but uh, right. just for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Well, that's what, you know, for me, going from the accounting space to to here, where I was in that semi, there was some differentiations here and there. But for the most part, it was like I had a weekly routine, a monthly routine, a quarterly routine, a year-end routine. And, you know, that just kept going and going and going, and I just couldn't deal. What I loved about project work is that, one, um, every day is a little different. And then, you know, an initiative does come to an end, and you get to work with other people and, uh, and do different things, so it's good. And and I I see it like like I always tell like new parents like if you're not tired as a parent, and not because of you're not getting any sleep with a newborn that kind of thing, but you know as you're trying to parent your child as they're growing up, if you're not tired, then you're not doing it right. And it's the same thing with business analysis. If if you're not tired, because as a parent you're like I'm always like trying to look for little teaching moments for my kids, and I like I joke. When I have a teaching moment, I'll be like, this is teaching, you know, life lesson 742, you know, um, and I'll give them that lesson. But you're always listening and looking and, and trying to find, okay, how can I teach and make my, my kids better and make me better? Um, and it's the same thing with business analysis. You're always, like, um, just listening and watching and to how other people are, are reacting. So um, if you're not tired at the end of the day, then you know, maybe you're not doing it completely right and there's things you can tweak. Exactly, exactly. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. I just want to thank everyone for, for joining us. David, thank you for, you know, in, initiating that 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 line of uh, uh, that topic. Um, but for those who have joined us, this is our first show of the year, and we're talking about people who are looking for transition, whether it's transitioning into the BA space. We've talked about that a little bit. We've talked about those um, that even transitioning in and out of whether it's corporate America or, you know, dabbling into becoming an entrepreneur. And I think one of the, the takeaways and messages is that there's a lot of training opportunities if you learn the the same skill sets that both the combination of project management and business analysis teach you in corporate America, you're going to apply it. And and Coop can speak to it firsthand, being the the, the president of B2T Training, um, and then ourselves, David and I, with Technology Expresso. We've both spent years in corporate America, but then we um, jumped out here and created Technology Expresso. But every day, uh, as David mentioned, we're using those project management, business analysis, um, even the Six Sigma um, mindset and, and methods in order to make our business successful. So let me, you know what, we have some callers on the phone. I know some people are on their lunch hour, so let me catch them. Uh, if 
so that they can jump back into and, and grab a little bit of lunch. But one of our calls, I have Patricia. Yeah. So, hello, Patricia. Are you there? Hi, Jacqueline. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, great. Um, I enjoyed your guys' uh, conversation, and I'm a part of the IBA, and I enjoyed you guys in Atlanta, your presentation you and Coop gave a couple months ago. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Well, now you have our undivided attention. What do you have a question for us? What's what, what's on your mind? Yes, I'm looking for some advice. Um, I'm kind of in that space of it's me uh, trying to get into a business analyst position, and and from that standpoint, I don't necessarily have all the technology experience that I want at this particular point. Uh, but if I'm interviewing, say, for a business analyst position, do you have any pointers of how I can make myself more marketable or can uh, persuade the hiring manager that I am the right person for the job? Yeah, so um, I, th- I think the the main thing, especially if you're coming in from the SME side and don't have a large technical background, there, there's mm-hmm. two things. I think you, you want to look for positions. I mean, ideally – it would be similar to my path, and I think that still works, is that if you can make a transition within your company, um, if they have an organization with VAs. And then, I mean, obviously then you promote one, you have a lot of company knowledge or organizational knowledge as well as the specific business area. And then if you can work on teams that are helping that business area, I mean, that's going to be a benefit to the team. The more... Mm-hmm. Um, institutional knowledge they have. Now, you can also transfer that to um, other companies, right? So um, I don't know what you're doing today as a SME, but I bet you other companies have those SMEs, and they also have, you know, teams supporting that group. So, you know, look for areas that are looking for positions in that, the type of work that you do today. And then, you know, a good friend of mine who lives here in Atlanta, too, Hans Ekman, I heard him talk about this once because someone said, well, I want to get into banking, but I don't have any banking knowledge. Well, do you go to an ATM every day or, you know, once a week? Yes. Do you use a bank? Yes. Do you, you know, do you interact with banks? Then you have banking knowledge, right? One of the big things that companies need are consumer, right? They need that lens of consumers. So, so jumping in at that angle, I mean, that's kind of the, the route that you want to take is that you're going to bring this new lens or, you know, Jacqueline's perspective. You're going to bring that perspective to the team, which they help. Now, teams might not need that, right? Um, but you're looking for a team that has that gap um, that, that you can fill in. And then while you're on that team, you can start picking and, and choosing other tasks and, and maybe they offer training and, you know, you have your team to help you and mentors on that team to help you build the other skills that you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 the one thing that I often said is you, your answer in a nutshell is, but that's the area I'm working on. And what, what you can do is just like what Coop said, is using those different examples to say how you're, you're working on it. Because the main thing when we talk about a BA, in, in my experience, and love to hear what, what you think, Coop, when we talk about a BA having technical experience, 
it's mainly understanding the language, the concepts, and, and what I, I recently saw called system thinking. You need to understand what it takes to build a system, you know, what's the, the, the logical components and, and pieces, and, and, and it's all to better help you ask good questions. Um, but so right. in doing that is exposing yourself as much as possible. doesn't mean that you can get in and do the hardcore coding just like a developer, but if they're speaking a language to you and telling you something that can't, that isn't possible, and you've got to relay that back to the business, you can take what they're telling you and interpret that in, and to tr- translate that back to the to the business. So one of the things is learning the language. And there's, you know, when when I'm in an interview and you're saying, well, I'm working on it, that could be an online course that you're taking, that could be a book that you're reading, that could be an organization you volunteered for and you decided to take on, you know, working with the, the website, for example, um, for that volunteer organization, something that is outside the norm for you but gives you exposure um, as well as someone that can mentor and help you, you know, just kind of learn the language and, and, and tinker around to see what it takes to maintain something technical. So those, those are just a couple of examples that come to mind so that you can an- answer in a way that says, uh, uh, that's an area I'm working on. Does that make does that make sense, Coop? And and also yeah. Patricia. Oh yes, it makes a lot of sense. Thank you, guys. Oh, awesome! Well, thank you for calling in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, Jack, tonight. Oh, awesome! Awesome. We love love having it. Um, Jacqueline, can I? I don't know if we have another caller, or could I chime in on a, a point you made about like how technical do you need to get? Um, Chime away, Coop. <laughs> okay. And then we do um, so have another the, caller. Dwayne, we're going to get to you next. So, Dwayne, I do see you there, and we will get to you next. But go ahead. Chime away, Coop. Yeah, this will be a few seconds. Um, so the, I, there was a point in my career where I thought, and, and a lot of people preach this, that you don't, you know, BAs don't need to get technical at all. They never focus on the solution, always talk about, you know, the business need, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I do think that's needed. But at the same time, you have to now these days, solutions are, uh, and I think I mentioned this on another call, I mean, we're dealing with technology. Everybody is dealing with technology every day. The people we work with have so much technology in their pocket that they have an understanding of technology. So if you don't, as a BA, then you're not going to be as valuable or you're not going to look as credible. And the the attitude I think people have to have, and it's a comparison I do with, like, if, do you want a financial advisor or do you want a financial analyst? And a financial analyst is someone that would come in and look at your finances and say, hey, Jacqueline, it looks like you're going to um, retire when you're about 95, 96. Good luck. I wish you luck. I hope that's what you wanted. Have a good day. Um, and then let somebody else deal with the solution. I think the you have to be more like a financial advisor where you do that analysis, but you also have some information on options that people can take, or at least, like you're saying, know the lingo so that you can talk to your solution team credibly about what the options are and then work with the the, the business side to say, hey, here are some options that we can go down. If you're If you don't have that stuff, and you're not always kind of thinking about what the next thing is and how we can help organizations with solutions, then, then I think you're, you're missing a, a big piece of it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, great point. And 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 then you know that's the thing is that if you're going to be a business analyst or in or a project manager in IT. And knowing the language, like we said, is kind of the baseline. And you, you, you want to come across like you're not intimidated by it. You know, you, you know, like right. when someone starts talking technical, you don't stick your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear but, that. But, right. <laughs> right. I'm the business analyst. Right. I don't talk about right. that stuff. Right. Exactly. I, I know on, on many projects, um, I've asked, can I just sit in the back of the room when they were doing the technical design or when they were having one of their design brainstorming sessions? I'll tell you, I may not have caught, you know, 100% of it. I might have only caught 50% of it at best. Um, But, you know, I heard it, and every now and then I can remember being able to chime in and saying, but did you guys also realize they wanted X, Y, and Z? And then they realized and started seeing there was value in even having me in the room with whatever I was picking up. So I've always asked, and volunteer to you know can I can I shadow you can I um, be, you know just be along for the ride to kind of hear what you're talking about um, and it built a rapport so you know that's that's another piece yep. just hanging out with the technical folks and again not trying to um, distance yourself from them um, and, and helping them understand that they're just as much of your your stakeholder and your client as well it, it goes it goes a long way so. Um, um, again, thank you, Patricia, for that that question. Um, and, and please tell others about the the show. And we look forward to you being on the, the show uh, again. So thank you. The the next person, Dwayne, who has been uh, listening to us patiently. Um, I'm opening up the line. Dwayne, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? Excellent. Glad to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah, I'm a friend of David Blackman's. Yeah, I'm a friend of David Blackman's. We worked together many years ago. How are you doing, David? I'm great, Dwayne. Thanks. Good, good. Thanks for inviting me. David invited me to the call. Uh, I'm a uh, senior network engineer, and uh, I have been looking for employment with an organization that can use my skill sets, and it's been very difficult. I'm a certified Cisco networking associate. I'm a uh, certified in voice over IP and IPv6, and I do routing and switching Primarily with Cisco, but I have John Juniper, Extreme, and Avaya. I, I do network management, network design, wireless LAN design, implementation, and operation. Uh, skill, I'm skilled in many areas, and I like to forward my resume to anybody there who is uh, has knowledge of, inf- of uh, engagements being open. But uh, I have done project management as well, but I'm, I'm looking for uh, opportunities that can use my skill sets, and I was wondering if anybody on the call knew of uh, somewhere where I needed to uh, you know, skill, uh, send my skill sets to that uh, could possibly engage my resource, me as a resource, excuse me. Well, hey, Dwayne, thanks for calling. I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to act like I... I knew everything that you just said. Um, oh, okay. There's a couple of ter- terms in there that I, I wasn't familiar with, but um, but I think you know one of the areas, and I think you're you're doing some of this. So I would say this to anybody looking for employment that shouldn't just drop your resume, you know, in in an email and hope that you're going to get called back. I think um, the the name of the game is networking, right? The more people that you know. Um, that you can have conversations with and letting them know that you're looking for things, um, the better. So 
So so I think you're headed down that path, um, which is good. The other thing is, you know, especially, you know, a big term, I guess it's been some years now, but it feels like it's getting more and more uh, more play in the agile space is DevOps, so development operations. And part of that is, you know, the actual software development side of it. There's the, the testing side, but then the IT operations, like all the things that you, a lot of the things that you talked about, um, is needed to make solutions happening. So they're, you know, in the agile space, they're talking about how do we weave in, you know, before it was more the developers, the testers, the product owners doing analysis and that kind of thing. But now they're like, well, to get better and to get faster and to improve, we need the IT operations as, you know, part of that core team. Um, so I think if you're looking at job openings and things like that, look for terms around DevOps or development operations. And I think that's where you might be able to fine-tune your some of your search to that can really utilize your skill set. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, because um, I, I'm like Coop. I didn't understand uh, all of those designations that you, you mentioned, but it sounds like you have um, a lot of good experience and, and that background, and it's just that, that combination of, you know, and, and just continuing to kind of get it out there. And, you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and Coop, you kind of touched upon this too, is that you do have to balance between doing that online search and then that what they call pressing the flesh, you do have to still do the, the face-to-face. Um, and there's some, some really good meetup organizations, um, networking organizations. Sometimes you got to diversify. You might belong to one organization, go to another. I credit going to a Six Sigma meeting. Coop, uh, you may not know this, but that's when uh, Barb stood up and talked about B2T, and that was my introduction to B2T. So it wasn't, you know, an IBA meeting, um, but going there and when she, she talked about the organization, what they were looking for, and so I got connected with B2T at that time. So you, you just work the network and, and don't get discouraged um, because, like I said, you, it sounds like as far as building the, the right skill set, you know, that, that ties in, too, the other thing that I want to um, – kind of uh, connect some of the dots, too, uh, based on his question, is that sometimes, you know, in our world, especially business analysis, we talk about soft skills and hard skills and um, balancing those two out. You know, that, that that's a big conversation. So, Coop, I'll give it to you first, and then, then I can throw in my, my two cents. But any any thoughts or anything you want to share with audiences and, and job seekers about the hard skill and soft skill? Um, you know, more than it, it, along the lines of the things I was talking about um, in the first, uh, maybe it was our first uh, session, or maybe it was maybe it was before Christmas. I don't know. Um, so along those lines, is that what you mean? I just want to make sure I right that when you're when you're creating your resume and 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 your skill sets because um, to make sure that you can speak to on your resume even showing that you have both soft skills and hard skills because it, it in my mind I think right. that when going back to what we're talking about the blended roles you no matter what role you are no matter how technical you are make sure you also have uh, some soft skills too that that appear on your resume that's my thought yeah no no absolutely so I think you know on the, the hard skill side resume wise I think um, and this goes back to using current terms of of whatever, 
you know, job you're seeking for, that you're using the terms that people are going to be looking for. Um, and, and I think you have to keep up. So I know in the, the BA space, it's like using things like the BA BAC or, you know, using terms that are used in Agile um, so that people at least see those and recognize that, oh, okay, they're up on on the, the current um, techniques or the things that are going on. And, um, you know, I had this, uh, I got, I did a presentation and got some feedback, and one of the comments was, this is nothing new. It's just um, things, you know, different terms for the same things we've been doing for years. And you can say that about almost anything, right? I mean, so many people earlier in the Agile days would be like, oh, we, I did this in, with RAD, you know, back in the 70s. There's nothing different. Um, I'm not buying into this Agile thing. Well, you know, if the employers are calling it X, you call it Y, you know what? They're not going to look at your resume. So um, you can, you know, get on a high horse about it and be like, I'm, you know, I'm calling it what I called it for years. You can do that. Or you could call it what other people are calling it so that you're recognized and you can have a conversation. Yeah, and then on the softer side, you have to talk about how you interact. I mean, these days we're all working on a team. So how do you interact with a team? What do you do? What differentiates you how you play on a team versus how others play on a team? And use, you know, use LinkedIn, right? I mean, people can give you recommendations. Use LinkedIn to and ask people to give you recommendations, not just on your technical skills, but on your um, on how you act as a team player and a collaborator and a communicator. So, so it goes beyond the resume, right? I mean, with technology today, we're able to um, have that out there, and you can send people, right? You can send them to your LinkedIn profile to see all this great stuff about you that goes way beyond what can be on two pages of a resume. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know the, the, the one thing oh, – oh, Dave, go ahead. Go right ahead. Yes, yes. I, I just wanted to follow that up and and speak to Dwayne's uh, point as well. Um, as an engineer, um, well, when you get in an interview, well, you've already got the interview, so you know that they recognize your skill sets. In an interview, you have to be able to uh, pivot and show your other skill sets, as as Coop mentioned, your collaborative skill sets and differentiating. As I'm, uh, Dwayne and I were speaking earlier today, and I mentioned how in project management we call our different uh, uh, um, uh, stages uh, uh, phases. Well, in an agile world, they call them sprints. So uh, being able to communicate and change the language to be more relevant today to the technologies and the methodologies that are uh, that are being utilized today is equally important. And showing uh, that you can work in an agile mindset, meaning collaborative mindset, will uh, show your potential employers that you can work with the other positions, the other key elements of the overall project or initiative, such as your business analysts and your project managers as well. So I just wanted to uh, reemphasize that which uh, Coop spoke of and show how it's um, related to Dwayne's point and his skill sets and his uh, needs as far as employment is concerned. Absolutely. I'll throw my, my last two, two cents in, and then I, I'm doing a, a quick time check here. Um, 
and and I want to uh, tie in one last last question and give Coop and, and David an opportunity for that. But but one of the things I wanted to say to Dwayne too is not knowing the the whole context, but a lot of times if you're not getting the the potential hit, sometimes you have the the credentials, but maybe they're looking at the the years of experiences. And one of the things I say, um, it, whether it applies to you or maybe to some of our younger callers, um, and you're looking for experience. I always say there are always volunteer organizations and opportunities, whether it's professional organizations or um, even uh, other nonprofit organizations that need technical support, need technical help, or trying to build things uh, back in networks and, and, and so on and so forth, where you can volunteer and still do projects, get recommendations, and it's a form of networking as well. So if you need to get some experience to augment um, some of your uh, education, that's one of the ways. Look at volunteer. And it's just one way just to stay active because we all know even when you learn something, use it or lose it. So um, if you've gotten this skill set and right now you're not actively being able to apply it, then look at you know volunteering. That that that's one of the things that I was going to to recommend too. Um, and then the other thing is you know we talked earlier on the call about diversifying. So if you have a very 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 technical background, maybe uh, augmenting it with something like a business analyst class or a project management class uh, that would show that you have other skill sets and it differentiates you from someone else who does have the same exact. Um, you know, certifications that you might have. So anything that, you know, makes you stand out and and shows your diversity, I think, is is a good takeaway from our our call overall today. It's all about uh, diversifying. Um, Now, I want to just dovetail, if if we still have time, Coop, for just one more question. Yeah, let's do it. I I could do this all day. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how I... How I uh, make a good enough income doing radio shows. Um, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely, and and our um, audience is is really getting fired up. I mean, they're starting off the year with some some really good questions. And I I just realized for for those who are still on the phone, again, you can press one, and that's how we know that you're in the queue. So you may be wondering how did some people get in the queue. You press one, and then um, our uh, co-producer, Javon, she'll talk to you and uh, find out your name and see if you have a question, and then she lets us know. So if you didn't get in on today's show, we're doing this. Um, every other week on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is going to be our date, um, and we're trying to do it around the lunch hour. But stay tuned and, and follow us uh, via Twitter and or via technologyexpresso.com to make sure that you know when the next show is coming up and you can participate live. And you can also tweet us. We have a hashtag right now uh, on Twitter, which is biz, B-I-Z, tech, Live chat, so hashtag biz tech live chat. You can send us a message. Just let us know that you're listening. Let us know if you like the show. And as Coop says, if you didn't like the show, keep it to yourself. No, <laughs> I, I'm taking it from you, Coop. <laughs> um, yes, I can use my jokes. I'm, I'll only charge you a small royalty. So that's good. <laughs> okay. And then, um, 
as well as, again, you can follow us on, on Facebook. We're on all of the uh, social media handles. So, but uh, if you want to, to tweet uh, a comment, we will uh, look for that. And I also want to acknowledge um, I've been sharing out on Twitter if someone emails us a question or sends us a question through the Tech Expresso app that I would um, acknowledge them and they would get a certificate uh, via email for a cup of coffee from Tech Expresso. So I want to acknowledge that we've got two emails, uh, one email and one that submitted a question via the app. So uh, one is for Roger. So, Roger, you know who you are. And also Keith. And, Keith, I was going to read your your question um, next, and uh, we were going to um, talk through Keith's question before the, the show was over. And, again, I just want to reiterate for our audience that uh, Coop is the president of B2T Training, who is the sponsor of this segment uh, of Ask the Analyst and BizTech uh, live chat. And so special shout-outs to, to B2T Training. And stay tuned because you'll hear more about B2T Training and what they have to offer. But let me run this one more question by you, uh, Coop, and this was uh, from a young man named Keith. But he, similar to um, our, our, our last caller, he has a rather technical kind of network-type background, and he is looking to transition. He'd like to go into business analysis. He's actually taken some classes and dabbled in it a little bit, and um, that's where he thinks he wants to transition or go next. So he's trying to change and update his resume, but what he's finding is that he's not getting a lot of hits because he doesn't necessarily have the front-end exposure from a business perspective. And so everyone just sees his his technical uh, background. And so he's just wondering, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating, but how does someone that is technical, knows how to build software, um, that wants to transition over and be taken serious when they apply for business analysis uh, jobs? What, what would you... What would you say to them? Yeah, I think, you know, this is the – so I came from the SME route. He's more technical. I think he needs to uh, probably put in his resume or in his – you know, maybe it's a cover letter type thing. And, and my when you're you're in these positions where you don't have the, the information in a resume or even on LinkedIn where people are searching um, and finding you, because you have the, all the the keywords that they're looking for, um, it does come down to networking and, and getting your story down and how your experience is actually a huge benefit to the organization. So, again, I, I think it was Patricia when we were talking to her coming from the SME side and her using the angle of of that business knowledge and she can get the technical knowledge that she needs. Um, and finding those teams that have the gap of of that business knowledge and jumping and really pushing into those teams. I think it's the same thing, Keith, for you. It's it's finding, networking, and discovering the organizations that um, maybe have a stronger balance or a stronger uh, leaning skill set on the teams where they're too business and not as much technical, and they need to get their VA team a little stronger on the technical side for some credibility, and then 
kind of jumping on one of those teams and, again, building up your skill set. So, you know, we work with a lot of organizations that still have, you know, BA managers and um, that have BA teams, and some of them are matrixed. A lot of them are not anymore where the, the BAs are, are working on dedicated teams, but they still have somebody, maybe not their HR manager, but somebody over the BA practice. And you want to be looking for networking with people with titles like BA manager or BA lead. And, and if, I think if you do a search on LinkedIn, you'll get a ton um, of those people. And try to find organizations and try to find those leads because they're going to be the ones that know where their team is a little deficient in and where you can really fill that gap. Um, so if, they're, if, they have, if they have teams that have a lot of technical knowledge, then that might not be the best team for you. But the te- there are teams out there that have – real business-oriented BAs that know the business well but struggle on the technical side and trying to find those um, that where you could jump in and fill that gap for a team. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and the other thing that I was going to, to add to that is from a resume perspective is going to different formats of the, the resume. There is the, the functional resume where you're pulling out the, those skill sets and emphasizing those skill sets. And, again, if on your, your current job, and I, I think that this is general um, recommendation for everyone who's dialed in to the call because they're, they're in transition if there's that job that you want to, that you can see down the road that you want to be in, you've got to figure out what that skill set is and how you can demonstrate, exercise that, whether, like I said, going back to volunteer opportunities. Um, you know, if you want to, I've heard people say, I want to be in a leadership role, but my company doesn't have any openings for a senior PM or a senior BA. Um so what, you know, I'm just stuck. If you give up, that's your choice. But the other option is is find, like I said, a volunteer opportunity that looks needs a leadership so that you can exercise and show, have people that can recommend and, and give references that they've seen you in an active role as a leader. So then when you're applying for that job, you have that, and it wasn't necessarily on the job that you got paid for. It was in a volunteer role. It shows so much initiative and, and other things on top of that. But it, then you can speak to, both on your resume and in interviews, examples where you use this different skill set. So, you know, I, I, I put that right. out there as well. Yes, I like to yeah, add no, on to that, Jacqueline. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I, could. I want to thank you. Thanks, Coop. Um, as far as the resume is concerned, I've seen recently some resumes come across my desk from my uh, PM community and even my engineers where their resume is extremely short, um, where they were, uh, if you recall back a while ago, Statigates were emphasizing that you put your resume on one page. Well, that does not apply in this arena. It does not apply in the technical arena. I'm going to uh, uh, differ with them on that. We have you have to be able to show your experience. That's what everyone is looking for. They're not printing this out and looking at it as a one page or two page. They're looking for content, and you have to be able to speak to the multiple skill sets they're looking for as 
as a business analyst, as a project manager, and even as an engineer. You have to speak to those skill sets. My resume, if I print it out, it would be about four and a half to five pages long, and that's just it. And, and, and they're all over me. So, I'm, you know, so you have to be able to speak uh, uh, to all the different specialties that they're looking for, and you cannot do that in one page. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and if I can add to to what David's saying, if we have some time, um, the 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 key, I think, part of it is with the resume piece is twofold. One is the cover letter. So you have to be thinking about. So Keith, to your specific situation, if you're going for a more BA position and you have this technical background answer the question for them in that cover letter, why they should look at you, right? Because you know they're questioning, you know, there's a bunch of BAs out there that have BA experience. Why would I look at at Keith's when he has all this technical experience and he's going to be more junior on the BA side potentially? So you have to answer that question, right? Be right up front and say, this is why you should hire me over anybody else. So uh, I know it's hard. A lot of people are humble, um, so they don't want to come out and do that. But you, I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want a job, you get. You're the only one. Uh, unfortunately, I always used to say this: like I need an agent, right? I would be so much better <laughs> if I had an agent, because um, it's hard for us to sell, you know, our, ourselves. But so you have to be out there and, and answer that question. And then in the resume, and I think David and Jacqueline were both saying this in in slightly different ways. But the way I summed it up was. You have to change your resume, not to necessarily what you were doing day out, but how that translates to the job that you're looking for, right? Um, so your title might have been systems analyst or engineer, but if you, whatever job you're looking for, the, what did you do in that role that, you know, back to David's point, you might have four and a half pages of explaining, not that you were able to code, you know, for X amount of time on this application and that application, you know Java, because you don't need to know Java necessarily to be a BA, right? But what did what did you do on that job? And I worked with so many developers that were incredible analysts, um, and that could transition with without a problem. But you have to explain what you did on that job that relates to the role that you're looking for. And I'm sure yeah. you have a lot of that. You just need to potentially, if you're not doing that already, potentially just change some wording around. Absolutely. And and one of the things is, is that, you know, like you're saying, you've got to format that resume. That resume has to get their attention, the cover letter. Then let's say you get the interview. The next thing I always say, you've got to be able to sell it. And some of that, if you need to, to practice with people and different organizations, we belong to uh, BDPA that uh, there's certain times a year they do coaching to help people to do uh, mock interviews for that practice. But get with someone in practice and practice selling it. You've got to believe it, and you've got to make the person across the uh, desk believe, too, that you think that you know that you know that you can do it, and um, and that if not, that you can grow into it. You know, similar to what Patricia was saying, she may not have a skill set now, but she wants to convince them that I have enough that I can provide you value now, and I'm going to continue to develop myself in those areas that I know I need to grow into as well. So, um, practice, practice, practice. So, 
Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, I just want to, you know, Coop, great show. You know, we, we, we can talk about these things, but I am also want to leave uh, a couple of nuggets so that our audience will join us again uh, two weeks from today uh, when we continue talking about all things around business analysis, IT, um where this field is going with the opportunities. You know, there's a lot of great opportunities in business analysis. Um, It's changing and evolving in some interesting and exciting ways. So people who are in it, I know that, uh, you know, we can dive even further maybe on our next call, you know, for people who are already in business analysis. You know, there's some talk about, well, where do you go? Where, where's, what's going to happen to enterprise analysis? You know, do, all, do business analysts grow up to be project managers? You know, there, there's some different avenues we can go and, and talk about there, I'm sure, and, and I'm sure our audience may have questions and or have their experiences as well to share with us. Well, you know, what's next? Where does product management and program management, do, do those, can business analysts go that route? Can they go into the business architect, you know, arena? So more to talk about for sure. But I just want to thank you again, Coop. Always in love and, and enjoy these engaging conversations. And now we get to it's just not you and I, you know, solving all the world problems. Uh, we That's now right. have it's a community. Uh, it takes people. a village. Yeah. Exactly. It absolutely does. And thank you, of course, uh, David. And again, thank you, Javon and Anisha, um, who help us as well. Uh, Anisha will help post today's conversation. We'll, we'll have the transcript out there, and you can also find it off of the B2T website. Um, share it with your friends and let them know about this reoccurring series. Let me give you the the final word, uh, Coop, your your thoughts about today's show and topic and just even anything you want to share with our audience. Since it is 2016, anything you want to share as far as B2T and and what they can expect and look for from B2T? Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'd love just to reiterate, um, Jacqueline, I love these, these talks and can't wait until uh, the 19th when we do it all again. Um, I think, you know, as far as B2T training, I mean, we're, we're here to help, um, whether it's you individually or at your company, to, to improve and develop your BA practice. We believe that organizations have a lot of smart people in their organizations, so why not develop them um, and build their skill sets to, to be better and perform better and do better things at your organization, and that's that's where we can come help and augment some of the things that you have going on in your group. Um, you know, one of the big things that I mentioned the last time that we're we're getting ready to, to start to embark on is um, a video series. Um, and Jacqueline, we hope you're you're a part of that, and you'll be um, one of the faces on the video. But just a video series with a lot of the different techniques and tools that we use for business analysis. So it's a way, one, for organizations to have access to the videos to, to get access to things when they need it uh, on the job, but also a um, an entry point for individuals to get some more information at potentially a lower cost option than um, some of the other things that are out there in the market. So we're really excited about that and um, hoping to get started pretty soon on all those things. 
Well, excellent, excellent. And I'm going to leave our audience with a, a little bit more information about B2T and how to connect uh, with B2T. I have a couple of final shout-outs. I want to say hello to Tasha, who's joined us on today's call, and our Lisa, who I think she's three for three on our, our calls. Thank you, as always, for for joining us. And, again, continue to share, and we'll, we'll grow, and, and we'll keep this think tank going. But for now, we have used and abused our time a lot, but we had a lot of great conversation and ideas. But until next time, we will talk to you next uh, in two weeks. Uh, Coop and I will be here. And look forward to uh, Felicia and I talking with our pink entrepreneurs, uh, and that will be uh, next Monday, actually. So join us for that as well. But stay tuned to our website for our full schedule. But Hang on there and uh, learn a little bit more about B2T, and after that, we will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Coop. This episode is sponsored by and features B2Ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, T, training.com and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. www.technologyexpresso.com. That's E-X-P-R-E.
E S S O. And remember, listen, learn, leverage, launch. Thanks for listening. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.